a ghoulish goyle, and a bugbear who wishes he was goblin, this week on The Hapless Heroes. I want that thing! I want to eat it again! Hello, and welcome back to part two of our spooktacular special from the Hapless Heroes. My name is Phil. Once again, I am honored and privileged to be your DM and steward of horror for the evening. I'd like to start things off by introing our cast. Starting from my right, we have Nicole playing Andrew the Orc. Nobody can see Andrew. Andrew's sneaking. To her right, we have Dave playing Sir Delam Rook. Certainly feels good to move around again. To his right, we have Francesco playing Gobwinkler Greasybum. I'm flying, so now I can do cool stuff. To his right, we have John playing Hondo the Merciless or the Immortal. Where did my new girlfriend go? And rounding out our party tonight, we have Zach playing Liger Silverschleuder. Um, my, my stomach is rumbling more than the disgusting sounds that usually come out of my mouth. Let's eat this thing. So we have ourselves a pickle of a situation. We are diving right back into combat where we left off. This combined posse of unsuspecting individuals have found themselves right at the edge of a massive battle. The allied forces of the monster races and humanoid um, got, you know, dwarves and elves and everybody all joined together to fight a massive horde of undead that is pouring through south of Scrag through Wolf's Head and presumably down that landmass leading to Ardwall. Um, right at the edge of this massive battle, our heroes find themselves isolated on a chunk of this mountainside and the surrounding areas have all fallen away into a massive chasm. The earth itself has split in a ring around our party. They're faced off with what was once a familiar face, now shrunken and shriveled, wreathed in green flame. Green flame. This little girl who lost her mouse to a hungry bugbear has reanimated in the form of a vengeful spirit, surrounded by a small cluster of gob- uh, zombies and skeletons. And we are back into the top of initiative this little girl, her eyes glowing, and this massive bat-winged creature made of muscle and bone with hardly a 
skin to it at all, leaking dark black liquid from the deep wounds it just received in the first round is flying. And she's staring down at the skeleton next to Hondo, the zombie next to Andrew, and then she sees Liger the bugbear, and behind him, Sir Dylan Brook. Off to the side, we have Gobwinkler Greasybaum, who is flying above uh, one of the wagons that was previously unloaded, all the food stores they had just delivered. And she smiles and cackles. And as she flies back higher, rising above the entire field, she raises her hand and throws it down like a pair of dice. And a massive wall of fire splits the field in two. I'm really glad I started flying. (laughs) And green flames erupt from the earth, igniting. Green flame. Green flame. (laughs) Everything's green. (laughs) She begins speaking, but it's not in common tongue any longer. Um, Does anybody speak deep speech? I don't think I do. definitely do not. It sounds foreign and just in the pit of your stomach, it is stretching into you with each consonant she extends. These flames grow higher. And it is 20 feet high, one foot thick, uh, 60 feet long, directly right in front of Andrew, Hondo, a skeleton, a zombie, and Liger. Um, It's opaque and it lasts for the duration up to a minute. Uh, Each creature in the area must make a dexterity saving throw. So it looks like does the, do the zombies have to? Yes, well? I, ju- I just rolled for them. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Hondo rolled a nat one, but I have plenty oh, of no. stuff that can save me from this. Um, I think I'm going to use... This is a saving throw, right? Yeah. So I think I'm going to use Indomitable on this one. What does that do? I get to re-roll it and keep the room. Are you okay, John? I got a two. Oh, no. Which is not a one. John, that's double your last the score. Same in this that's great. Right. Literally a 100% improvement. Continuing to live up to the whole hapless heroes... Um, you know, yeah. label here. Oh, for sure. Andrew, I think you had to save too. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Andrew got an 18. Okay. 
Liger? Um, sorry, this was a dexterity, dexterity yes. uh, saving throw. Um, hang on. Okay, I've got advantage on uh, um, scene effects. I'm not blinded, deafened, or incapacitated, right? Nope. nope. Yeah, you can definitely see a wall of fire erupt from the ground. Yeah. Ooh, nat twenty. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. And Hondo. Uh, the, the, the two. Yeah. The two is the two. Okay. Uh, you're taking 27 fire damage, and the other two are taking 13. Now, is this an area of effect? Yes. Excellent. So I take no damage. Wow. I evade that. Andrew, the Evasion. orc, stands tall amongst the green glow. And green Andrew glow. holds his ninja star in front of him like a shield to block the fire and yells, shh, at it. And the zombie failed horribly, and it's immediately incinerated. Yes, the um, it's a skeleton that's next to... Oh, I'm sorry, no, it was a zombie. Never mind. That thing is dead. <laughs> and the one next to Hondo is a zombie. I got it. Um, is we that, have... Is that also dead? No, it made it save, and actually... Oh, 14? It has one hit point left. <laughs> oh, shoot. You have, a, you have a charred zombie next to you, Hondo. <laughs> and it is, like you know, basically engulfed in this flame and all but like the arm from just above the elbow was unscathed by the fire and it's still reaching towards you. And then we have... It's kind of a horrifying image, right? Just like this zombie that's been immolated but is still like trying to attack you. It's like a lump of coal with a hand, basically, at this point. (laughs) For the audience, I just... I want to just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Phil still tried to put in the work to make an actual physical mat for us to visualize here with his webcam and that he's even have like little elevation things for the for the stuff that's flying he's yeah, just awesome he's unstoppable this man and as this wall of fire erupts in front of you uh, the zombie in front of Hondo is all but incinerated and the one next to enter the orc was completely vaporized and the other four make their advances. They're now trying to move around the sides. So there is one that could be in the distance of Hondo. It's still technically beyond some uh, rubble and materials that was unloaded off of the cart, which is right behind him. And two other skeletons have made their way around the other flank to Andrew the Orc, and they are both going to make an attack at you. (laughs) <laughs> one's a two, one's a four. So <laughs> neither one of them are getting a swing on you. Um, nope. And I would say now the girl riding this bat, this vengeful spirit, it's about 30, 35 feet off the ground. And For you listeners geez. at home, Phil just held up a little ruler. and <laughs> that, was, that, that was very pleasing yeah. to me. <laughs> it is elevated off this stick. play mat. He's <laughs> amazing. Incredible. Love it. Love to see it's it. <laughs> it's a painster. Yeah, it's, a, just it's a paint like stick. Every and I marked, it, I marked like an on. inch because it's an inch wide. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, when something's flying, like, I'm not going to do the Pythagorean theorem on the air, okay? I don't have that kind of time. Mm-mm. No, you fair. just got to use the paint Respect. <laughs> yeah. Respect, dude. Life's solution. <laughs> okay. Uh, so next we have in the order, Andrew the Orc. All right. Is Andrew within reaching distance of both of these uh, undead creatures that have approached? Yes, you are. Perfect. Um, so he's going to attack both of them with his ninja star. He's going to focus one attack on each, um, smashing his ninja star into the head of the first one. Which okay. I'll make sure I actually hit here. That was a 12. A 12 does not hit. Okay, so he's just actually going to try to hit this. You know what? No, he's still going to go for the second one. So he's just going to continue like the same swing and hope to, you know, correct and hit the second guy. And that's a nat one. Oh, no. Uh, Directly to your right is the wall of fire. And you throw your shuriken through the wall as you try to swing from left to right to hit these skeletons. You you glance off the first one and it throws off your trajectory that just slips out of your hand and it is now on the other side. Is it at least flaming so that you could pick it up and it, or he could pick it up and it's now just like a flaming ninja star of like boulder? Cause that'd be sick. Uh, it is on fire. It is wreathed in this green flame, at least for now. Green flame. <laughs> uh, but because of the effect of the wall of fire, one side of the wall selected by you when you cast a spell deals 5d8 fire damage to each creature that ends its turn within 10 feet of that side or inside the wall. If it's a ring, it's inside. I chose on the outside. So on the, on the side where the enemy is flying above, creatures would not take damage, but the side that you three are on and the rest of those creatures also take this fire damage. So it's like the flames are almost like being like pushed in that direction, you know what I mean, to, mm-hmm. to, to burn stuff, okay. It will also take the same damage when it enters the wall for the first time on a turn or ends its turn there. The other side of the wall deals no damage. So oh, Andrew could disengage. Well, Andrew, yes. knowing none of this, is going to scream no and use his bonus action to leap through the flames and chase after his ninja star. So disengage through the flames. Yep. And you're taking no damage. All right. Well, I mean, as far as these necrotic flames are concerned, it's an area effect and you take no damage from area effects. Is that what it is? Well, I, I, on uh, deck saves specifically, dexterity saves versus area of effect indicates damage. If it's successful, it's halved on failure. And you just automatically pass those? Well, I don't automatically pass them. I happen to pass the other one. Oh, okay. I think that it would just be straight damage for going through the flames. But I think that because of evasion, Andrew would take half. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. Yes. So, so running through a wall through of flames. flames. Yes. <laughs> but half damage, I think it would, it would, it would be what happens here. That's, that's what I would automatically assume. You are moving through it, and it says you take damage whenever you enter that space. Yes. Since exactly. There's no save yeah. required there, right? So. Okay. All right. So uh, you're taking 13. 
of this necrotic fire damage and you leap through the flames. This is the cinematic moment I wanted for Andrew the Orc because it doesn't matter that you're getting a little singed. I think you do get inspiration for this. This is the Andrew moment. Good call, Fran. So yeah, mark that down. You can use advantage on any attack roll, save, check, whatever you want. Yeah, do it with do the do the advantage on the flaming ninja star. Yep. Uh, so you moved. You did your action. Did you do a bonus action? That was the yeah. That was the bonus action. Okay, perfect. All right. After Andrew, we have Sir Delenbrook. All right. So I'm gonna get up to some shit. So, uh, DM, I, uh, I got a question here first. Is um, What kind of space is there on the back of that uh, flying creature up there? It's um, it's like a bat. As far as space that you're looking yeah. for? Yes, like um, on, the, on the bat, right behind the girl. Would that count as, say, an unoccupied space? You did say it was as big as a rhinoceros. So yeah, I would, I would say so. It's, it's it's not necessarily like flat like where the haunches are. It kind of curls up on the back, and the bottom end of this bat could be hung onto. I think he's oh, yeah. Okay. It it doesn't really matter because I'm I just want to do some insane shit here because I think this is going to be fantastic. And well, Sir Delam Rook is uh, the, like the play style is a very Jin Rami Yahtzee kind of thing, and that's what we're going to do here. So, uh, Sir Delam Rook is going to walk about, oh, let's say, it looks like about 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 25 feet um, forward and to the right. Yeah, just to the other side of, who's uh, who's that with the sword there? That's Hondo. Yeah, Hondo, I want to get uh, a little bit to the right of Hondo there, right up against that uh, piece of, uh, looks like uh, debris or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's going to be my move. Now, those three zombies on the other side there, um, let's say dead center of them would be about 15 feet away, correct? Yep. Okay, wonderful. So Sir Delam Rook is going to wield his uh, his two-handed greatsword packed weapon in his hands and just sort of point it slightly forward. Oh, let's say right there. And with the word there, we're going to cast, or we're going to use Blessing of the Raven Queen, which is a uh, racial trait. As a bonus action, you can magically teleport up to 15 feet to an unoccupied space you can see, and you gain resistance to all damage until the start of your next turn. During that time, you appear ghostly and translucent. Once you use this ability, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. Ooh, spooky. I love it. Yeah, so right in the midst, right in the middle of those zombies there. And for my next trick. And he uh, looks dead up, upwards at uh, at that uh, vengeful spirit in the bat-like creature. You're not going to like this part, he says to the zombie uh, slobbering right in front of him. And as an action, we're going to cast Thunderstep at fifth level. Awesome. You, you teleport oh yourself to God. an unoccupied space you can see within range. Immediately after you disappear, a thunderous boom sounds, and each creature within 10 feet of the space you left must make a constitution saving throw. 
taking 3d10 thunder damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful save. The thunder can be heard up to 300 feet away. Bring along objects as long as their weight, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you can carry someone, but we're not doing that. And since I'm casting at fifth level, it's going to be 5d10. Awesome. All right. Okay, so this I'll, is this rocket is jump. Sick. <laughs> All three of this these is epic. guys have to make the save. I don't think Hondo is included in them. So nope. just barely. Con save? Yes. 16? Uh, my spell save DC is a 15. And I have one natural 20, one 3. All right. So on the uh, successful saves, they'll take half of 3, well, 5d10. Let's roll that out real quick. Let's see, 3 plus 6, it's 9. 10 is 19. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So 12 damage on the successfuls and 25 on the failed save. Oh, yeah. They are vaporized. Yeah. The skeleton that saved only had 12 hit points, <laughs> 13 hit points. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. That's awesome. So they are vaporized in the blast of thunder is then uh, Sir Dullum Rook once again pops out of existence and pops back into existence dangling from the back of this bat, a tuft of its hair in his left hand as he wields his uh, greatsword with his right hanging off of the back of it. Incredible. <laughs> and that would be, let's see, that's a move, that's a bonus action, that's an action and that is my action economy. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, Liger, your turn. All right. I'm going to just attack the uh, the big bat. I'm going to take uh, my spiked. It's pretty high up there. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, how, how high is it up again? About 30, 35 feet. It's a bat, so it kind of oscillates as it flaps its wings. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to throw a javelin at it. I really want it. Or as and I'm you are, going to refer to it in, uh, in, in the scope of uh, food, I'm going to call it a skewer. A kebab. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you have a singular mission here, and that is to eat that bat. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Re-eat. I'm going to re-eat that are... thing. I take you it are as, a, still as a personal offense that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, and that is, ooh, that's a 25 to hit. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, 25 to hit. Definitely hits. 7, 12, that's uh, 16 damage. Oh, you get it straight in the belly. Oh, yeah. Let me just take a look through my traits to see if I can actually have an extra attack on a ranged attack. It does say two attacks per action. I don't think that's just melee. 
Yeah, because you're, like you're not casting a spell, so you're taking the attack action to throw a javelin. So as long as you have more than one javelin on your person, right? Oh, I you're do. losing javelins every time you throw them. But, yeah. All right, I'm taking this thing down. Let's go again. As, as the first javelin sticks in the belly, it drops about 10 feet. did not roll very well on that attack roll. Let me see if I can augment it with anything. Um, wait, so how high is it above me now? Sorry. It's about 25 feet up. Okay. Yeah, that was that was just a 10 on the second attack. And that one goes sailing off um, into Still a great the, toss. Into the mist. Yeah, you really you got all of it. <laughs> Does it come back down so I can grab it again? We'll see. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, you are right next to this fire. I'm going you're gonna take, to... Essentially, you're going to take damage if you don't move. Yeah, if you yeah, stay there, if you end your turn in front of me. Where would you like to go? Um, do you point to... Oh, okay. Is the blue arrow where I am? Yep, that's you. You're bald. I know that's not really the case, but your mini is bald. It's easy to see. I'm going to... Can I Can I jump through the fire to get away from it? Is it... That looks, that looks great. If Thank you. You'll take damage. Yeah, you'll take damage if you go through. You'll have to... Are you resistant to damage while you're raging? I'm resistant to... Uh, All bludgeoning, types of piercing, slashing. Oh, okay. Never mind. This is fire. Yeah. So you'll take damage if you leap through the fire, but then you'll be safe on the other side. Yeah, I'm just going to get next to... Who, who is who's the guy? Who wait? Are those um? The He's friendlies are the dark color. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's a uh, Hondo. Yeah, then. Uh, this is like rubble. What are my bonus actions again? Hang on, sorry. Uh, Your bonus actions like rage and stuff. Yeah, then I'm gonna. Um, go next to those guys and as a bonus action I'm going to use frenzy and melee attack uh, one of those assholes that guy yeah the closest one little zombies yeah I'm going to use uh, my battle axe that is a 21 to hit hits and that is uh, an 11 damage. You waste him. He's dead. You take this. You take this battle axe and just cleave him in twain. Nice. Uh, is there any like edible material <laughs> on him? Um, it's zombified. Uh, well, that guy was a human. Um, you might be able to pick some meat out of the ribs. Maybe the guts or intestines are still intact. But, you know, most of the actual tender muscles, the ones you want, 
Those have shriveled up. They're pretty dry. This, all right, Liger's just extra mad now. He's he he just really wants that bat. What's it sound like when Liger's mad? He's gonna go like. Uh, it's, not, it's not even worth it with this guy. Uh, I want that thing. I want to eat it again. <laughs> and it is uh, skewered. Um, you can still see this. That big bat is just dripping. There's a massive puddle beneath it, and the soil's actually like turning it to mud from as much liquid that has been drained out of this bat. It's looking pretty shitty. Um, the girl on top is unfazed. If you want to move, you are still within ten feet of the fire. All right, I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna jump through it and get right underneath that bat. Okay. You have enough movement to get there, but you do need to take. It was twenty-seven originally. Thirteen is half damage. Okay. I think take the evasion got. Yeah, I would just give you half damage. You can just jump through that shit. And it's uh, Green Flames again. You're right next green to... Green Flames. <laughs> right next to Andrew the Orc on the other side who had just retrieved his uh, massive stone shuriken. All right. and we I are... love all the diving through fires that's happening right now. <laughs> I love all the damage. <laughs> Gobwinkler, you're next. So I had a brilliant plan. But now my brilliant plan, I think, might even be more brilliant. So what I was going to do before Sir Delam Rook decided to hop on this bat was attempt to encase it in essentially an invisible hamster ball with this spell called Ataluk's Resilience Fear, right? So just ground this thing. But now that Sir Delam is on the back, we're going to do something a little bit more fun. So... I just want to make sure I plan this out properly because that's concentration and fly also requires concentration. So what, what Goblinker is going to do is say I have a 60 foot fly speed and this spell needs a range of 30. Yeah, I'm going to fly directly beneath and maybe just off to the, I guess, above, like, 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 behind where Sir Delam is floating. And then descend so that I'm only about five feet off the ground. All right, so that he's only, what, maybe like 20 feet away from me? Yeah, it's, it's roughly 20. Perfect. And as I am about to end the concentration on fly and land softly, I am going to cast enlarge on Sudellum Rook. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm going to say, that was a nice trick. Let's see it a little larger this time. And uh, you are now one size category larger. So we have a giant Sudellum Rook on top of the bat now. Um, you, I think we, we've done this a couple times, but just to remind you, you have, um, so you went from medium to large size. And then you also have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, and your weapons also grew to match this new size. So you deal an extra 1d4 damage on all your weapon attacks. Ooh, boy. So now we have big boy Sir Delam Rook <laughs> on the back of this uh, flying bat. 
and just check it for bonus actions. No good. Oh, you know, um, there's not really anything near me, so I can't really hide. Uh, yep, nope, that's it. That's all that's going to happen here for now. Just trying to affect affect things a little bit. I think it's going to be really fun to see if maybe he weighs this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hondo, all right. you are next. All of the zombies and skeletons that were surrounding you have vanished away. You are about 10 feet away from this wall of green flame. Green flame. Um, so the only real enemy um, is 30 feet above me still. It's about 25, but with the distance away, yeah, about 30 feet. Okay, um, I will throw three javelins at it then. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a rapid fire javelin tossing. I love it. Uh, 22. Nat 20 again. And 26. So that's 10. Give me your base damage. What is the base damage that's automatic with those hits? Uh, four. No, it's D8. Oh. Right? So max damage uh, is eight. They're plus D, the four they're, from your strength, right? Or five? They're D6s. They're D6s. Okay, so six. But what is your, your what, what is your modifier? What's your strength modifier? Four plus eight. Okay. So, so, no, it would be so your crit, right? The crit would be six, right? Plus, plus four, eight. which is ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's just ten base plus the die roll again, and then two other hits. Yeah. Two d six plus four. I'm telling you. Uh, no, d six plus four. All three of these hit this bat, and it slowly descends to the ground in front of you. Um, it also did sixteen. So that's uh, 38 damage total. You want to add anything to it? It got skewered by four javelins, and so they're all sticking out of it as this thing slowly, weakly, the wings give out. It can't carry it. It's bleeding profusely. It's just like pouring out of it Kill Bill style. Like, Does it come any lower? Yes, it descends to the ground. Oh, it's on the ground now. Okay, well then I might as well uh, action surge. And go actually hit it with my sword. What's your speed? Uh, 30 feet. If you want to run 30 feet, you're going to have to go through the flames. Otherwise, you have to go around and it will be too far. You won't make it in 30. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. I feel like Hondo. Hey, hey, listen! All the cool people are doing it. I feel like Hondo would do it. Uh, so you have to make a dexterity save to get through. No, you like you just take the damage. Oh, you how, how much damage points. do I take? Thirteen. I'll give you half damage because okay. I'm generous, generous DM. You guys have like hundreds and hundreds of hit points. <laughs> uh, Not hundreds. So total, then total. <laughs> 
Now that he's through the flame, he will do the uh, three attacks again. With his greatsword this time. Uh, he gets six attacks as a fighter at 12? Action surge. Action oh, surge. wow. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, he, he just one, two, three javelin. It goes down to the ground, and he pulls out his sword, and 26, 20. Another nat 20. <laughs> oh okay. Wow. You definitely we, destroy this thing, so please tell me. Yeah, I was going to say, do we need to even roll no, the damage? No, don't, don't need to roll the damage on this thing. It barely had anything when it hit the crowd, so please describe. So, yeah, it just gets pelted with these javelins. Uh, it goes to the ground, and I just come uh, two swings, take its wings off, and the last crit takes its head off. Okay. And I'd like to think that all of the sections you sliced it all per- fit perfectly on the on the skewers, so that right. Liger can then barbecue right. them in this wall of flame later. Like the uh, where the javelins are, <laughs> just the, yeah, oh, the javelins are the skewers, right. right? There's just like hunks of like this weird fleshy disgustingness uh, on them. And when I when I kill something uh, as a blade master. If I reduce, no, it's a no, it's great weapon master. If I reduce something to zero, I get another attack. So I'm going to uh, strike. Well, first, before you do that, okay, I want you to roll a nominal uh, strength check with advantage because I'm searching for something. We have a passenger on the back of this beast, right? Aside from the girl who's on it. And I need to know that you're not oh. hitting the mark or oh. your friend. At advantage, uh, I got a 17. You come very close. You come very close, but you have the precision moment where you're like, I can angle this over to carve this hunk off, and it just goes right over Sir Delum's head. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I do get another attack. Um because I killed something. <laughs> so you get three attacks on this girl? Uh, just one. It's just one free attack. Okay. Yeah. No, that would be disgusting. <laughs> John just likes to play characters that roll lots of damage dice. I'm That's <laughs> um, a 26. Okay, that would hit. Uh, and that's 13 damage. So Gerald, uh, not Gerald, Hondo is just hacking and cleaving at anything that he can get a hold of at this point. For clarity's purposes, uh, is this a silvered weapon or a magical weapon? It's a vicious greatsword, so it's yeah. got to be magical. I just I got I got pull it up. If it's plus anything, it's magical by default. Okay. Hell, if it's got a name. <laughs> just making sure it doesn't say I believe thing. that when we yeah it was magical when we had established like the, this new hondo sheet like it was right. supposed to be a magical weapon yeah okay yeah alright she takes that damage and you have her full attention now oh I, I 
I didn't even realize it says that when you roll a 20 with this magic weapon, the target takes an extra 2d6, but it doesn't matter because that's already is dead. Very, very dead. Stop. It's already dead. I'm, I'm going to put it on your precision cuts. Right. You, didn't, you didn't hurt your friend and you successfully kebabbed the skewers for Liger. Yep. All right. That, that must be what makes it the vicious part. <laughs> we are at the Yo. top of initiative. She now screams at you, her eyes ablazon. Everyone, I would say, one, two, three, four of you, everyone but Andrew needs to make a, what is the saving throw? I think it is is still dexterity. Dexterity, okay. She's she's pulsing with green flame. Green flame. Green flame. Yes, we have Sir Dellum Brook, Gob Winkler, Hondo, and Liger. Ooh, that's a good save. Who are surrounding this little girl. Andrew is just over Liger's shoulder, and there's still one lonely zombie that's on the bad side of the wall of fire. What is the what was the save again? You said dexterity? Yes. I, I used one of my lucky feet. Okay. Yeah. Un- unnatural twenty. Wow. With Lucky, I got a 19. And Liger? Um, Dexterity saving throw. Ooh, a 7. Seed okay. effect. I, that's with advantage. You that's, that's take 10 fire damage. The rest of you take 5 fire damage from a pulse that emits from this little girl in her fury. She screams at you. The zombie on the other side of the firewall. Just Passes. a quick, quick point in here. Uh, Sir Dellum Rook, did he, uh, was he subject to that? Oh yes, I'm sorry, I forgot you. Yeah. Failed the saving throw with a four, but I am resistant to all damage, so I, I think I still five. take it in damage. Five. Yeah, all just right. five. And this zombie is taking half the damage. As it tries to move next to Andrew and make a swing, a feeble swing as this thing is glowing in flame. 15 plus 3. 18 as it tries to slam into you, Andrew. That will hit. Okay. It's a zombie. (laughs) 6 bludgeoning damage. The little girl is now shouting at you. I am the vessel. The Lord beckons me. The world will suffer. Death comes for thee. And she's going to unleash a hellfire breath. Well, that's terrible. The most that she can get is Hondo, Andrew, and Liger. And you must make a dexterity saving throw. Uh. Um, Can I use Lucky again? I don't know how many times you can use it or when you can use it. I can use it three times. I can't, I don't remember if I have to, it has to be a different turn. 
No, I don't think so. You can literally go like lucky, lucky, lucky. Any really any roll. Into, in theory. Yeah. Any. I'll give it any roll. Any yeah, because you only have three uses of it, so yeah. it's a powerful feat as well. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. I did not succeed, most likely. Nope, that does not pass. Um, so we have Liger. Uh, 19. You passed. And Andrew? 21. You both passed. All right, so you're taking half damage. And kind of Andrew's not taking any. He's going to dance around the fire with oh. his evasion. Awesome. Andrew really is the best orc. It's 43 total. And... 21 halved of this fire damage. Yikes. 21. Ouchies. Is the halved. And 43 for the full. Um, she will try to stumble back as she's glaring at you. She sees you as you've jumped through the fire and obviously not been intimidated by her. She had all the hopes that her faithful friend Gregory, (laughs) the mouse turned into a bat, was gonna save her. And she is now looking at you with fury in the green eyes. Green eyes. You still hear fireballs echoing off into the distance as the witches continue to rain from above and the rest of the battle ensues. You can hear General Stonehoof shouting commands and leading the rest of whatever he can into the fray. And that is Andrew, you're up. This little girl is in front of you and she is wreathed in the fire. So is your ninja star. Yep, so Andrew's going to uh, use that inspiration to have some sweet, sweet advantage on throwing his ninja star right at the little girl. Excellent. And the better one of those was... 27. That will hit. Perfect. So Andrew's going to hold the ninja star over his head and yell, Stop yelling, little girl! And then huck the ninja star at her. Uh, for... 28 damage. Owie. Wow, wow, wow. The shuriken sticks true straight into her chest. I guess, yeah, this big stone slab that you've just like slung at. And it is, (laughs) it it visibly knocks her. She stands her ground. Her head seems to lead the rest of her body. Uh, very awkward, strange movements. The shuriken is lodged in her chest. So uh, Andrew's then going to stride. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna uh, hold quick for a question. I, I did notice it specifies that for the extra attack, it's two attacks per action. Can I divide that with movement? Or does it I have mean, to be like attack, attack? You really can't, Okay. unfortunately. So I would need to- I would let you flavor it that as you dashed the 15, 20 feet from where you are, you hucked the shuriken straight at her 
in a full sprint. And if you get in front of her in one motion, you can do another attack. And she, I mean, orcs do have the aggressive, like, <clears throat> racial trait, which means you can move 20 feet towards a target, um, in addition to whatever other move you have if you, like, I think, attack them or hit them with an attack this turn. Oh. Okay, so I made it up to her while I was hucking my ninja star initially. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna Perfect. let you flavor it because Andrew the Orc has established the badassery at this point. We need to keep that momentum going. Then Andrew's going to grab the point of the ninja star that's sticking out, you know, facing him, right? Because I'm assuming there's like a pointed end sticking into the girl. I'm gonna like it out of her body and then like slap her across the face with it. Go for it. And that will be a 26. That hits. No sneak attack this time. No sneak attack this time, yeah, because I'm just smacking her in the face. Four, uh, no, minus one for that. 13. Damage. She leers at you as you smack her. And there's this giant hole in her chest now. In fact, you can just see a pinpoint of light where it completely penetrated through the torso. You really think you can stand against us? And that is, that's all for Andrew. Andrew's going to look at her a little confused after saying us and go, Andrew only sees one of you. That's all for Andrew. Excellent. Sir Delam Rook, you're next. You were enlarged. And you just saw this orc smash it with the giant stone shuriken and dash up in front and smash it in the face again. The blessing of the Raven Queen and associated resistance fades, and Sir Delamork is no longer ghostly and translucent, but is, however, still a big chungus, and will uh, calmly casually walk the oh 10 15 feet closer very jojo style and uh we're going to uh lead in with the attacks and thirsting blade means that i get to attack twice with this big honk impact weapon uh let's see so get two attacks impact great sword and let's see that is going to be a 19 and a let's see, is a 25 Stacey. Both hit. Alright. Excellent. So the first one, uh, let's see, what is that? 2d6 plus 4 slashing, and that's plus another 1d4 for being big. Alright, so that's 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 on the first attack. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on the second attack. And on that second one that connects as a bonus action, we are going to attack on Vanishing Smite. The next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before this spell ends. Uh, oh, actually, that's a point of order. Do I need to cast that before I declare the attacks? Or can I just tack that on you to do, a do. attack that has hit? Those gets applied as a bonus action while as part of making an attack. 
I believe. Or no, is it, or is, it's, it's cast as an action, as a bonus action, when you hit with an attack. When I hit. Yeah. Okay, so I will say that when one of them hit, I'm tacking the Vanishing Smite onto that, since this is just yes. order of resolution. Excellent. The next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, your weapon crackles with force. The attack deals an extra 5d10 force damage to the target. So oh yeah, so that. so this, you see how it's so you see how that reads out though. So that would be the next time you hit. So you would have had to cast it on the weapon prior to hitting. Oh, because of the way it's worded. All right, so we don't get banishing smite. That's fine. Let's see. So I guess it, yeah, it wants you to essentially cast the spell because you cast the spell and then like even if you miss though, it still counts. counts it says you know the next time you hit right. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of on the weapon. It's like almost an enchantment. Now let's see. I have an Eldritch Invocation that reads, Once per turn, when you hit a creature with your packed weapon, you can expend a Warlock spell slot to deal it extra damage. Would that work, then? Or is that uh, the same way? That's when you hit, right? It says, when you hit a creature, you can expend the spell slot there to you deal go. extra. Mm-hmm. When you hit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you already you have to already know you've hit, and then you expend the spell slot. So okay, so I know that I've hit, which is good. All right, yep. so this one I can tack on properly, since I don't have to do that. All right, so it'll just be the 5d8, then. That's fine. So that's what we will do. And if it's huge or smaller, it also gets knocked prone. So all of that damage that I had rolled up previously, which was a 11 and a 10, plus let's see, 3, 8, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and another 20. So 10, 11, and 20, so that is 41 total. Holy mackerel. You walloped her. Um, you are, you entered back into the space of her green flames again. Green flame. And I'm just going to say, the the creatures, the idea that she moved away from Hondo and Andrew moved closer, evading the flames. Sir Delenbrook, you can take five for half damage. Okay. This flames that are just constantly licking with every strike you walloped her. She is now, I would say, very much bloodied. And next we have Liger. Let me take a look here. I'm just going to attack. Wait, let me take one held moment here. You're not going to just go sit down and eat and ignore this little girl now that your meal is on the ground? There is zombie flesh and bad flesh. I I do have a feeling that if I do that, I will be immediately interrupted. And I I do have a vendetta against this person for making me regurgitate a snack. And that is a mortal sin in Liger Silver Schloeder's mind. What is this you're drawing? Oh, is this That's the dead, dead bat? bat. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm going to go for uh, a spiked ball attack. A spiked ball attack. Get ready. That is a 19 to hit. That hits. And that is a very nice, very nice, and uh, 
uh, 15 damage. Gonna do one more attack as a Oh no, I have two attacks per action. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you mm -hmm. can attack mm -hmm. And here we go again with the spike ball. That is a twenty-one to hit. And Hits. that is fourteen damage. Yeah, I'm going to frenzy once more. And I'm going to do one more melee attack. Wait, can I switch weapons? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Fuck. Right. You get you get the the free action, but that's this you know, while you're in mid swing, I don't think I just so. want to be dramatic. <laughs> There's right, a rolling fine. pen. I guess since <laughs> yeah, since I'm being uh, since I'm frenzied, I guess that'll cloud my ability to uh, to switch to the battle axe. It's gonna be again with the spiked ball, and that is a twenty-four to hit. Hits. And, ooh, nice. That's nice. Nice. That's gonna be a seventeen damage. Okay. Putting on, putting on the hurt, but it's very much that evil dead. When you smack the face, it just snaps right back to lock eyes with you. Shit. As you're just crushing it with this maul, and like the face keeps getting more mangled and pulpy. There's still one glaring, perfectly untouched green flaming eye that is just green flaming at eye. You. <laughs> untouched. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's then that's my turn. Excellent. I'm gonna say. Damn it! What? I just, I just wanted to have a snack. Why you had to do this to me? You mean nothing. You've already eaten your last meal. I don't believe that. <laughs> and we're on to Gobwinkler Greasy Bomb. Okay. So from what I'm looking at here, I could not necessarily make a 30-foot radius touch only this spirit here if i'm looking it looks like if even if i put the edge of a radius touching this thing i might still affect sir Delum rook and it looks like uh liger yeah that makes me sad this little girl is surrounded by sir Delum rook andrew liger and Hondo. You know, at the same time, Gobwinkler is reckless. So, no, we're going to go with my initial plan. So, Gobwinkler is going to, like, you know, his in his ar arachno-mechanical <laughs> armor, right? This, like, little spider suit that's, like, walking around. He's going to, like, be pushing a bunch of buttons. And then you're going to see this giant, comically large apparatus start to, like, slowly make its way out of the back of it and, like, assemble itself as it's, like, lifting out. It's almost like the like you know, the tent poles that you just kind of like keep like folding up onto Perfect. each other and they like insert into one another and just get larger and larger and larger. And then at the end of it, eventually pops out this gigantic magnifying glass hmm. with like a tiny little crystal set set into the center of it, right? And as if I was focusing it to, you know, how you like when you're 
a little, you know, shit of a kid and you're like burning ants with like, you know, like a magnifying glass, mm-hmm. you know, with the mm-hmm. sun. Okay. Very similar effects going to happen here where this magnifying glass is going to like light up and I'm going to cast Dawn. Wow. Uh, a 30 foot radius and 40 foot high <laughs> cylinder of, it's essentially the light of Dawn shines down on a location you specify within range. Until the spell ends, a 30 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder of bright light glimmers there. This light is sunlight. Uh, I'm putting it so that it's really only a... F- whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not doing it on the entire group. I'm just doing it so that the radius would affect only the three, um, you know, in that line there. He's kind of... You know what I mean? Like, so, like, so it would be Sir Delam Rook, the Vengeful Spirit, and... Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody in that area has to make a constitution saving throw. Am I in that area? I can't tell. No. Am I in that area? Yes, you are. Sir Delam Rook is too. Yep. Shit. All right. Because I, I want to cook this thing like a bug. The vengeful spirit fails. I love your battle. Sir Delam Rook probably also fails with a ten. Yeah, you do. Uh, so it's going to be twenty-four radiant damage. Um, and the whoever's in it has to repeat the save at the if they end their turn inside this column of sunlight. And I'm gonna say that because of my concentration, right? Like I, I'm gonna say that I, because of, I've invented this whole apparatus that's actually casting this spell, I have to stay put while I'm concentrating on this. Because if I have to, if I'm moving it, I, I, I have to like kind of move myself, and it's you know kind of wobbly and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but that is what's happening here. You, you said 24 on a failed. 24 on a failed, and half as much, so 12, if you are successful, or if you. Is this a scene effect? Would that would Liger yes, have advantage on that? Yes, it, yes, you would. That is only on dexterity saves. Oh. Yeah, this is Constitution. Sweet. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was really yeah, yeah, cool, Fran. And you have <laughs> brought the attention of something, a multitude, somewhere within the cacophony of the battle happening not far from you. You hear a raucous noise as soon as this daylight a- appears out yeah. of nowhere. You still hear the witches, Gladys, Gertrude, and Griselda flying overhead, unleashing these fireballs. And that concludes Gobwinkler's turn. Okay, Hondo, we are up to you. Um, can Hondo hit the evil creature without going into the, the light? Yeah, you're right at the edge. Okay, well, prepare for three more attacks. <laughs> uh, Hondo walks right up with again with his vicious greatsword and just hacking away. Uh, 20. 20 hits. That one's just an 11, so that doesn't 11 hit. Does not. And a 19. That hits. Uh, gonna reroll. Eight. Nine. 
25 slashing damage as Hondo uh, hacks and gets two good hits in. How do you want to do this? Oh, uh, so I, I got uh, I got her. Um, I would say that um, just two really gruesome attacks uh, hacking at the evil creature um, and it just kind of like really gross and <laughs> it's, it's like a small statured yeah. skeletal girl wreathed in this in this green, green flame, flame which since this is the end of your turn everyone who had ended their turn in this green flame is taking damage and the idea that you cleave her and it seemed like how how is this fragile small figure staying together after such a barrage of blows and you can tell that there were resistances and the fire was protecting her almost keeping things together and as you strike through it's like the final blow on on forged metal that is just molten hot and you see sparks almost fly through and a burst of green light smith green light shines through almost (laughs) almost outshining the daylight the dawn that is happening in this radius right next to her as she's just and she is just reduced um slowly the dust settles and her corpse begins to disintegrate into these green flecks and dirt smudges that just kind of smear across the ground is it green flecks and dirt smudges that just kind of smear across the ground it's all green (laughs) it's all green (laughs) you can hear general stonehoof He's not far away, but his attention is not drawn towards this daylight beam. But you can see out among, above the hordes, flying in the sky, the two witches blasting these other winged creatures, very similar to the bat that you just fought. And then you see Griselda, the one sheathed in in black lace and veiled. She's holding the Necronomnomnom. (laughs) and a figure with a burst of purple light rises from beyond the undead ranks cloaked in black with dark hair and very pale skin and you see him look down and point to the hags as they circle above Griselda peels off from the other two raises the book out and points a sunbeam directly at the figure as it illuminates the entire battlefield below you. Everything is just mass chaos down in this field. It's dirty, it's mucky, the undead seem relentless, and yet the humans and the allied races are having trouble holding them off. The lines are pushing forward. The massive sunbeam from the book blasts this dark figure. It recoils and cowls, as it it sheathes itself and dissipates into a cloud of mist. And you watch as this purple mist dissipates and rises 
up into the fog and into the cloud above and flies away. The, the three hags rejoining their formation and circling back around towards you. We are out of initiative. You have vanquished the vengeance, the, the yeah. um, vengeful spirit. We did it. And an unsuspecting new ally. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at the group now that like this is all done and like that that that, that I'm you know like I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove the the, the sunbeam essentially this like this is like light of dawn. Like wasn't that cool? <laughs> I made it myself. Felt a little toasty, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, God, he was doing what he was supposed to do. How is anyone else reacting to, um, well, I would imagine Liger has quite a reaction. Liger's going to eat. He is going to eat now. That's He's true. just making like, disgusting mouth mission. sounds. He has nothing to say right now. He's done talking. Um, he frenzied twice, so he is at level two of exhaustion, and uh, he is now just sitting. You're da David Hasselhoffing his fucking whopper on this bat. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it is. It is a mess. <laughs> just like on his side, like eating parts of it. <laughs> No, he's just sitting, you know, like cross-legged like a child and just eating in into his lap and just having a grand old time. <laughs> How large are these chunks of bat on Basketball spears? Sized. Basketball size? Okay, Andrew's going to pick up one of the spears and start roasting it over whatever fire is left. The wall of fire has lit some things on fire. In fact, I think that wagon that was close by has now started to catch fire. Um, it's not engulfed yet, but it was rather unnatural flame, and it seems to be slowly but surely dying out on its own. Are there any unnatural coals that Andrew could be cooking oh, sure. that over? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Andrew's just going to cook a piece of that then, just, you know, using the javelin as if it was, a, you know, like a hot dog Absolutely. spit. <laughs> Sir Delam Rook, any last thoughts? <laughs> Sir Delam Rook drops his great sword. By the, the second it leaves his fingers, it begins to rust in turbo speed. By the time it hits the ground, it's a rusty, pitted husk. In a second after that, it's become nothing but dust floating away. He takes his helmet back off, letting his long blonde hair kind of just trail off behind him like a shampoo commercial. <laughs> hmm. Well, I suppose it was like that after all. Was Griselda. Or if she'd be up to get some tea. <laughs> and and lastly, Hondo. Uh, he just goes over to the cart, rifling through it for booze, and doesn't find any. He just kind of sits down. You don't find any. But then you remember, and you reach down into your satchel, and you look at your filter of love. You glance, glance I, longingly I up into the that. fog <laughs> as the silhouette of your beloved streaks across the sky with her sisters. 
Don't let up yet! <laughs> As another fireball gets unleashed beyond the, uh, the lines of the undead hordes. And I think that is as good a place as any to leave off our, I don't even know, C team, M team. I don't know what you would call this. F team. <laughs> Omega team. Uh, team Omega. Monster Mash. I feel like it, this party in and of itself deserves its own name, let alone its hapless nature. It is certainly... The spooky, dookie, wild, and kooky crew. <laughs> the kooky crew. <laughs> I would call it the kooky crew the for sure. Crew. The kooky crew. <laughs> Worry, I'm into it. Well, this has been a blast as we witness the undead hordes and their wave of destruction. An agent, a powerful vessel of what would be revenge and hate. And, and malice was vanquished and uh, yeah. one one more step towards defending the realm as the seemingly unstoppable numbers against you the odds keep stacking up we'll leave it for tonight really hope our heroes out in the outer plains could really do something here to affect uh, you know the tide mm-hmm. of battle we'll have mm-hmm. to see indeed uh, this has been a blast again. Uh, thank you so much. I'll turn it back over to Francesco. Oh, sure. Hey, uh, if you uh, like us and you like Phil and his uh, amazing telling of this spooky special and his over-the-top uh, contributions to <laughs> the things that we do on this show, uh, you could find us on the internet. Uh, we're on a bunch of the social media sites. You know, we got Twitter and Instagram. It's at Hapless Heroes. We're on Facebook and Reddit. Look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. But really, honestly, just follow the links that are on those pages to our Discord server, where we actually spend the majority of our online socializing time. Um, we have a whole bunch of great different discussion channels. We're like constantly talking and interacting with our audience members. There's a great community there. It keeps growing every day. I would really, really, really encourage you to come and take part in the conversation. Um, it's just an awesome place to hang out. But if you really like us, you could find us, or you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. And if your five, if your podcast service does not allow you to leave five-star reviews or any reviews for that matter. Head on over to our Discord. we got a five-star review channel there. We'll read yours on air and recognize you as the five-star human that you are. Or hell, just email us, heplessheroes at gmail.com. Say hello. Say us some, some kind words. We'll say some kind words right back to you. But honestly, if you really, really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and slash heplessheroes. Plenty of rewards, bloopers, unreleased audio, um some extra bonus things we've recorded like some Hedrick's head we got a whole bunch of uh, the songs that Hedrick has performed in just acapella form because Phil decided to sit down one day and record a bunch of them on his own because like I said this man's nuts and I'm only stockpiling Um, more I mean let's face it of course you are (laughs) of course you are um yeah, but there's just you know a whole bunch of different kinds of rewards on there. See what, see if any strike your fancy. You know, we put all the money right back into the show, and we really appreciate you know everyone who's donated to us so far. It's it's just wonderful and it makes my heart so full. 
And if you like us right now, you like us, Sally Field. And the whole deal become a world-famous bodybuilder. And when you're tanning, uh, put little, like, cutouts of Hapless Heroes podcast on your chest or butt cheeks and uh, tan the 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 pale cutout letters of the name of our podcast onto your body and uh, I imagine there's background music when you're like posing and flexing and stunning and whatever you call that <laughs> are, you, are you stunning Stun- stunting stunning I don't know I'm not cool <laughs> But when you're doing that on stage, uh, use use our, our 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 background music for the outro that you're hearing right now, and uh, just imagine. Wait, can we just have like a moment? Just imagine yourself doing that with a pale tan of the name of our podcast on your butt. Ready, go. Flex. Flex. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds great with the music behind it too, doesn't it? Sounds Fantastic. great. Fantastic. Yeah. Hear that? <laughs> <laughs> the end. I do love that background music. <laughs> I could no the outro credits, Zach. Like that shit gets stuck in my head Thanks. on loop. Uh, like I'll be, thank you know, you, riding you. my broomstick. I'll be stirring my cauldron. You know, I'll be uh, biting off the heads of bats and just thinking of the. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to it so many times. I remember every little fill and every little like section, you know, like where to cut it, where to like extend it. It just it's 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 catchy, man. Thank you. Once again, this has been a pleasure. Uh, if you like corny jokes, you're gonna get an earful. Uh, I will outro my cast. Uh, to my left, we have Zach playing Liger. Silver Schleuder. This, um, uh, um, this giant mutant zombie bat needs some Worcestershire sauce. Thematicarize? To his right, we have John playing Hondo the Merciless. Until next time. To his right, we have. Francesco playing Gob Winkler, Greasy Bum. I think it's pronounced Worcester. To his right, we have Dave playing Sir Dellum Rook. We put the gory in thematigory. <laughs> and rounding it out, we have Nicole <laughs> playing Andrew the Orc. Andrew's never eaten an evil bat before. Andrew will never eat evil bat again. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. My name is Phil. I was your DM and host tonight. We'll see you next week on another episode of Hapless Heroes. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Worcester, Worcester, Sester, Worcester, Sestershire. Thematic Ray?